were after was whether providing non-controversial information is useful. What happened was people who served these low-income neighborhoods better tended to get more votes. Welcome to Vox Dev Talks. My name is Tim Phillips. Can poor voters in India identify the politicians who serve them well, and would giving them more information influence their vote? A decade ago, a groundbreaking experiment in Delhi slums revealed how transparency can change elections, and our guest today is one of the authors of that report. Now, Abhijit Banerjee, welcome to Fox Dev Talks. Thank you. Hello. It's fundamental to democracy that each vote counts equally, whether you're rich or poor. And so in the world's largest democracy, you'd naively think that elections would be a catalyst for pro-poor policies. In the real world, what gets in the way of this? Oh, like in every other country, elections are over many dimensions. People often vote for reasons that are not particularly in their self-interest. And I think that's probably overall a good thing because it shows that people are not necessarily just single-mindedly pursuing their private pockets and they have social good in mind. But I think what also happens is when people get suspicious or frustrated with the political system, they often vote their anger. and They look for people to blame and they vote for those people as well. I think given that when you are voting, you're voting on a million different things, your view on immigrants, your view on taxes, your view on the government's social policies, your view on defense, your view on what environmental policy of the government should be, and many others. Um, It's a complicated object at the best of times. And it gets, of course, harder when there's misinformation and fanning of the passions by the political system. Now, in your experiment, you focused on this lack of information about candidates as you say, there are so many influences on why people vote. So it's very difficult to identify how important this specifically is as a factor in elections. So is this why you tried this experiment to try and isolate this from these other influences? Exactly right. I think one very compelling reason to do an experiment is to try to identify the specific effect of information. So if you give people some information, does it change their voting behavior? We find that if you tell people that X has served your interest better than Y, they do move in that direction. By implication, there must be some information that they would like to have but don't have. Your strategy was to provide the treatment group with better information about the candidates. What sort of information were you providing? What did it look like? Right. So this this is actually important because I think part of what we were after was whether providing non-controversial information is useful. So you could do other things. You could have had an auditor figure out which guys are corrupt or have look into their finances and things like that. Uh, we didn't do any of those things. We simply took a combination of things they themselves disclosed about themselves in their affidavit before they filed for election. and their track record in spending public money for their constituency, that also they are legally required to report to the funding agency. So this was public information, not quite, because in India there's this funny status, which is that you can get the information if you ask for it. So we got information that nobody could claim was 
manufactured by us or reflected our political biases. These were just numbers that they reported themselves to the relevant authorities. And we just compiled them into report cards summarizing the information in a kind of a colorful format and published it in a newspaper. We had four report cards published on every day. So the incumbent obviously have more information about them. So you can report on how they spend public monies. You, for the non-incumbents, the people who are challenging them, you can only report what you know what you know about them from their affidavit. We summarize that and we put them up on the second most popular Hindi daily in the city of Delhi. The effects on the outcomes that you were looking for, were you looking for the change in turnout or in vote share or in... Uh, the amount of vote buying, what sort of influences were you tracking? I think all of those. Uh, You could imagine that if I show you that there are some really good guys around, you may be more enthusiastic about voting. If I show you that there are some really bad guys around, you might become more enthusiastic about voting. Turnout might go up. And we were interested in whether that would lead to a reaction by the opponents of the people who get good news report cards or the fans of the people who get bad report cards who then go out and try to buy votes from hand out alcohol, hand out uh, cash. So we had somebody trying to spot these transactions the night before the election. And the treatment was to distribute this material to some households in uh, poor households within Delhi. Tell us a little bit about these households. What sort of needs do the people that live in them have from the politicians they elect? So let me say two things. One, one just to clarify. What we did was the newspaper would every day publish, let's say there's a one particular uh, constituency. Uh, the day when the uh, report card for that constituency comes out, we take that newspaper and distribute it to half of the low-income neighborhoods in that constituency and not to the others. So we're going to compare within that constituency, compare some neighborhoods which got the newspaper with other neighborhoods which didn't get the newspaper. That that was the strategy. Um, And I say that because what we did was basically took the newspaper and left it at everybody's doorstep. The reason why I think we focused on low-income neighborhoods in particular is that most higher-income neighborhoods you know, people buy newspapers. These are households which don't buy newspapers. Typically, they don't read newspapers either. They are able to read. They typically have at least one person in their household who's, you know, reasonably fluent reader. So it may not be everybody, but somebody can read. But they don't typically read the newspaper. So that's why we thought this would be the place to put the newspapers. These were mostly migrant households. Households that had come uh, to Delhi in the last 15 years, they lived in these, you know, you would call slums, places where the infrastructure was extremely poor. uh, And a lot of their grievances were about that. They were upset about the sewers, the water standing on the street, the garbage not being picked up, the water supply being inadequate. So these are all features of low-income neighborhoods. So these were all people who didn't even have the standard ingredients of urban living. So when you looked at the outcomes, what effects did you find? I think the effects were surprisingly large, weren't they? Yes, substantial. And 
What happened was we do see uh, vote buying going up. There was some attempt to undermine it, but despite that, we find that the people who serve these low-income neighborhoods better, who spent their monies doing stuff that the low-income neighborhoods want, who went to committee meetings with which the low-income neighborhoods support, tended to get more votes. Not On average, there was no effect. It's not that you know, everybody benefited or everybody lost, but if you look at who benefits, it's the incumbents who happen to be, from the point of view of low-income voters, good incumbents. Is there anything that voters didn't react to in the report cards? Were you able to tell that, the the difference between the information they took account of and that they ignored? A little bit. I mean, it's hard to know what they didn't react to versus what they did react to, but not enough to be detected in the data. It seems like they were more interested in these performance variables than in characteristics. So in other words, whether you were educated or not didn't seem to have at least clearly statistically stable effect. Whether whether the candidate was educated or not, whether he was wealthy or not, these kinds of things, they, they didn't seem to be very interested. And this is all, as I said, subject to the point that maybe if we had uh, much more data, we would have seen an effect. So I think it is, I can't categorically rule out that there was an effect. But what, what jumps out is that there isn't, while we can detect an effect on the performance variables, uh, we don't see an effect of the characteristics. I took a look at some of these report cards and what struck me is that they're quite detailed and analytical. Uh, An argument against an effort like this that's used all over the world is the widespread belief that if you give less educated people a lot of information, it'll just confuse them. Is there evidence from your experiment that the people who received the cards were reading them carefully and evaluating the information that was on them? Yes, we were struck by how sophisticated the reading was. And then two dimensions. On one, I think what they were doing was they actually had to pass the information. So the information didn't come in the form, you know, this guy spent a lot of money in poor neighborhoods. They had to read the spending patterns and figure out, you know, this guy spent money on things that we care about like drains or something. So they had to be looking in the, in the weeds to figure it out. There were many numbers in those tables. So somebody had sat down and figured out that this particular good incumbent was spending it on the things they care about and not the things they didn't care about. And that's not straightforward because there's lots of, as you said, there's lots of information in the tables and in the report card. And you could have just saw that he spent money on this and that and not made much of it. So first, I think they did that. Second, we see evidence of benchmarking. Uh, They were comparing these people. And when the report card was published with another report card for another constituency where the incumbent did better, they punished their own incumbent for not being as good as that guy. So they they had read not just their own report card, they compared it with the other guy and other constituency that was printed in the same day of the newspaper and said, look, you know, our incumbent, maybe he's doing okay, but he's not doing as well as X, so I'm going to actually punish him somewhat. So they were pretty sophisticated in their reading. It's a decade since you attempted this experiment. That's two full election cycles. Is it your impression that voters in India are getting better information, more transparent information about their candidates now that could affect their voting behaviour? I'm not sure. I think that the vexing problem of social media and the absolute impunity with which people lie on social media 
as in the U.S., is really getting in the way. So I, I can't say that I am confident that people are more informed now. I think there is more information around. Many more people have cell phones and therefore they are able to download information from the web. But on the other hand, there's such a concerted campaign of lying, I would say, especially from the right-wing parties, that it's uh, really uh, not obvious. Yes, we're recording this in the run-up to the announcement of the results of India's election. You pointed out right at the beginning that there are many factors that affect voting patterns. The lack of information is the one we've been concentrating on, but uh, ethnic voting, weak institutions, the, the vote buying that we talked about. How healthy do you believe that India's democracy is at the moment? It's a good question. I don't know that. I think there are a number of concerns that have been aired that there is just a huge disparity between the amount of money that the ruling party has and everybody else has. There's also you know, a number of states, including West Bengal, where I grew up, where there is a lot of violence during elections, which might discourage some people from going out. There is concerted campaigns of barefaced lies and prominent people saying barefaced lies. Some may be constraints on lying that people thought was the norm 20 years ago seemed to be weakened. So I don't know whether democracy has got better or worse over the last 20 years. It is a pretty frightening world we are in, and India is no exception. Obajit, thank you. Thank you very much. We've been discussing the paper, Do Informed Voters Make Better Choices? Experimental Evidence from Urban India. And the authors are Obhijit Banerjee, Selvan Kumar, Rohini Pandey and Felix Su. This has been a VoxDev Talk. You can find more of our episodes at voxdev.org and don't forget to subscribe to VoxDev Talks on your podcast platform.